Well, um, it is Mother's Day, and I do want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the moms here. Uh, but do know that uh, whether you have kids or not, um, you're a mom in this place. Uh, whether you have children um, or not, you're a spiritual mother. And so I was telling Sierra and Lexi that even... The, Jack, what? Do we have any expected... I was on a roll, Jack, but you just, you just train wrecked that. That's fine. Ex- expectant moms. Oh, all right. Expectant moms. Congratulations. Good to have you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so the, the point, of course, is that uh, whether you're um, eight years old um, with no kids or whether you are uh, got 12 children and grandchildren, uh, you're a mom in this place. Uh, because you're a spiritual leader for our kids. And so we're grateful for you uh, being here. Uh, with that, I'd like to just begin reading our text. Uh, this comes from Mark 5. Um, it, it, it goes like this. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Uh, They say right now that um, about 19% of adults uh, are struggling with an anxiety disorder. Um, but it's not fair. It's actually women who bear the, the, the largest number of anxiety disorders uh, in, in, our, in our, our country. And there's lots of reasons for that, of course. I mean, there's a lot going on um, in the world. There's an invasion in Ukraine. Uh, there's the coronavirus is still doing its thing. Um, there's political upheaval, especially this last week with uh, the, the news about Roe v. Wade. So there's a lot going on. And so it, it, does, it makes a lot of sense that, that, that people would be anxious, and women especially. And it's not just uh, little things. It's not just big things. It's little things. Um, I, I don't presume to speak for women, but I live with one or three. So I, I can say a little bit. Uh, I, I know that... Um, the, the basic day-to-day of life can be actually really overwhelming uh, for women, for moms. Um, just the, 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 whether if you work uh, during the week, making your employer happy, um, making sure that people uh, are respecting you and, and that you, you have, you know, and you worry about that. You worry that you, about the way that you look. You worry about the way that you're perceived. Uh, for those with a bunch of kids, you worry about uh, making dinner at night. You, you worry that uh, your husband is, is happy. You worry, you worry, you worry, you worry. You worry when you're pregnant that um, the baby is going to be healthy and safe. You worry when your kids are growing up that things are going to go right, going to go well. I remember uh, when Soren was two, he wasn't talking. And apparently, my wife is a professional. Um, she deals with uh, children with special needs, and so she's very attuned to that. And so when Soren wasn't talking, she was getting worried. Is he okay? Is he going to need speech therapy? Is there a deficit? Is, is, I mean, what, what are we going to do with this? I was just checked out. I was like, ah, I don't know. He's the third one. I hope he talks, whatever. But then, <laughs> then he did start talking, and I was like, now I hope he shuts, shuts up. <laughs> now it's like you can't, 
you want to clamp them down. But think of, I mean, think of, I know for, for Aaron, that was an anxiety-inducing thing. In this text, we meet a dad who's facing the greatest fear of every parent. His little girl is dying. And he's heard that Jesus is this amazing guy. And he's heard that Jesus can do incredible things. And so he comes. He, he's a, le- a religious leader. He, he works in the synagogue. That's where they, they worship on, on uh, Fridays and Saturdays. And so he comes to Jesus and he's like, my little girl is at the edge of death. Please come and heal her. I have a friend in Minnesota. Her name is Carrie. And uh, this, this took place probably about a decade ago. But, uh, but Carrie's daughter was 13 years old and she was going to junior high school and basically it, it just it felt like almost like a switch where overnight she, uh, she would come home from school and as soon as she got into the car she would just put her earbuds in and just, and just lay back and just check out and then um, they found out that this is 10 years ago this was a it's a big thing then. It still happens, but it's less that she was cutting herself in her room uh, when she was at home. So she was taking blades and, and, and disfiguring her arms. Um, and then uh, Carrie found out that her 13-year-old daughter um, wanted to die. She was extremely depressed. And uh, she, she told um, her mom, I don't want to live anymore. So Carrie and her husband were, they, what do you do with that? What do you do when the most precious thing in your life, you know, says that to you? So while this is happening, uh, we go on in the text. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. This uh, probably menstrual blood, and we'll talk about that in a second. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She went to a lot of quacks. They all had um, ideas about what to, how to fix her, but none of them worked. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. She was thinking to herself, if I only may touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed. She could immediately feel the healing. And Jesus also felt this. He knew in himself that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing, trembling, Knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You may not know this, but in uh, in the ancient world, in the ancient Near East, uh, blood was um, something that that made you unclean or impure. And, And the thinking behind it was that blood represents life. 
And life is, and God is the God of the living, and so God wants life. God is for life. God's, God's pro-life, as it were. And so when, when, when blood comes and it leaks out of us, whether we're cut or however, that, that's a symbol of death because it's, it's life flowing out of us. And so in, in the ancient world, according to the Jewish law, it made you unclean. It made you so that you weren't uh, ready for worship. You weren't ready for sexual relations. You weren't ready to be included in the community of faith because you were a sign of death. And so when during menstrual regular menstruation, women would... They wouldn't be a part of worship. This also uh, applies to, to men who had nocturnal, nocturnal emissions. You also would be um, taken out of, of regular worship until you were clean. Now, this woman, she had a flow of blood that didn't stop. So it kept going. And there were no days when she wasn't bleeding, which meant that she was automatically excluded from society. She was, she was kicked out. There was, there was no place for her in, in, in the world. She uh, was... And so what did she do? She did what anyone would do. She went to the doctors. And it it sounds like maybe she was a a woman of means where she spent every last dollar trying to get a fix for this problem. And if we're honest, we we all do the same thing because for us, money, money is something that gives us control, right? Money is something that gives us control. And so when things go bad for us, we tend to rely on our money to try and make things right. But it didn't work. And she got to a point where she had ex- exhausted all of her resources. And so she's at this point, and she's like, well, there's nothing left. I ha- there's no- I- I'm-, I'm desperate. I'm at the edge. What is there for me? And the only thing was this guy, Jesus, that she had heard about. And so she, she goes out desperate. You, miss, you must understand, when she goes, remember the, the multitude's thronging Jesus? And so in order to get to him, she has to touch lots of people. Every time she touches somebody, she's infecting them with her death. That's how the, the culture would see it. When she goes through that multitude, anyone that she brushes against becomes unclean just like she is. And so she, she's covered up. Of course, people don't know it, but that's what's happening. She's endangering the people around her because she's so desperate, so desperate to be healed. So Carrie and her husband, um, her husband actually began sleeping outside of their daughter's uh, bedroom each night. Um, so that they could, he could hear if anything was going wrong because he wanted to make sure that he could prevent her from hurting herself, his daughter from hurting herself if things went bad. And they, 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 they realize we have to do everything we can. We, we've got to set everything aside to try and help our daughter. And so they took her out of school. She was out of school for uh, a, a long period of time. They began doing intensive therapy. And so they would send her to therapy multiple times a week in order for her to try and get whatever was out, out, and, and to begin healing. But nothing seemed to work. She improved 0%. The scars continued. And it seemed like the worst was going to come to pass. Now, Carrie says um, there was a turning point for her. 
They'd exhausted all their resources. There was nothing else that they could do. There was no amount of money. There was no amount of talking. There was no amount of anything that was going to save their daughter. And and one day, their daughter invited Carrie to come with her to meet her therapist, to talk to her therapist. So Carrie goes in, and and there's pleasantries and whatnot. But finally, the, the, the therapist says, Carrie, you need to understand something. If your daughter decides to kill herself, there's nothing you can do about it. You have to let go. Now, Carrie says, she says that when this happened, this, you know, because of course, as a mother, right, your, your, your maternal instinct, and I think it's, it's more intense for, for women than men generally, but, but whatever the case, your in, instinct is to do anything, to, to, to tear aside any barrier, to do whatever it takes to protect your child. And there is someone who, who sits down in front of you and as a professional says, there's nothing you can do. Well, that's a, a little bit um, exactly, actually exactly, where the woman with the flow of blood was, right? She's, she can't control it. She's done everything. She's gone, and, and, and finally she comes to this realization that I can't do anything at all. And so she goes, and she throws it all out there. says, all on Jesus. Jesus, you're the one. That there, there's nothing else I can do. She touches his robe. Power flows out of him. She's immediately healed. She knows that she's healed. And, and she's terrified, right? Because Jesus turns around and is like, who touched me? Why would that terrify her? I mean, obviously, like, you've just been healed. She can tell she's just been healed. Why is she upset? Why is she scared? Well, she's worried that people are going to find out about her. She's, there's this throng, this multitude of people that she has just infected, made unclean. And if she stands up and says, yes, Jesus, it was me, they're all going to know what she's done, who she is. They're all going to know her dark secret. And they're going to know how her dark secret has impacted and infected them. Jesus uh, is like, who, who touched me? And finally, she, she's terrified, but she, I mean... He healed her, and he's asked, so she needs to do it. She goes, she comes clean. She tells everything. For those of you um, who, who battle with anxiety and worry, for you moms who are you know, concerned about what's going to happen, what, what you tend to do, what we tend to do is we cover it up, right? The last thing we want is for anyone to know what's going on because we want to look good. We, we want to know that, we want people to perceive us the way we want to be perceived, not how we actually are. If people saw the real me, if they saw what actually goes on in my mind, they would be disturbed. And that's not just funny. I mean, it is now because I'm a little more in control of how my brain works. But I, I remember when I was in my 20s and I had developed an obsessive compulsive disorder, I remember the fear that I had of telling anyone and I remember, um, I remember I was on a long car ride with my parents, and the entire car ride, this literally 10-hour car ride, I was, I was obsessing, I was, I was 
writhing in shame over who I was and, and my dark secret of, of how my mind, I couldn't control it and terrible things were going through my head and I couldn't stop it. And, and it, it, it was like, it was like, I, I just had to, at one point, I just, I just, I was like, I have to, I have to come out into the light. If I don't, I'm just going to keep being tortured forever. And so I remember telling them and, and worrying, being terrified how they would respond, knowing how defective I was. When uh, the woman confesses everything to Jesus, what does he say? He says, go in peace. Have shalom. Be healed. He's not telling that just for her. He's telling that for everyone around. When she cries out and says, this is who I actually am, and this is what I've actually done, that she expects to be escorted, to be attacked. She expects a riot. She expects to be excluded because of what she's done. But Jesus says, go in peace. He's telling everyone around, I see her. I see her in her darkness, and she's mine. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. For those of us who deal with fear, with anxiety, we, we, it, it, we have to let the light come in. We have to let it be exposed. Moms, it's okay to be who you are and to feel the things that you feel. The story goes on. So while this is happening, like literally as Jesus is saying, um, go in peace, um, Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter's dead. It's too late. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Don't be afraid. Only believe. And he permitted no one to follow. The the rest of the story is that he goes and he he sees the dead girl. And he says, She's asleep. And everyone looks at him like, you're crazy, you're evil, why would you make light of this situation? And so Jesus takes um, Jairus, the father, and the mother, and, and these disciples, and, and he says, Talitha Kumi, little, dirl, little girl, arise. He takes her by the hand, lifts her up, and she's, and she's raised. And it's a wonderful ending, beautiful ending. But that's not, that's not the climax of the story. The climax of the story is when Jesus looks at Jairus and says, don't worry, don't fear, just believe. Believe there is pistuo, it just means trust. And it's a, it's a beautiful moment in the Gospel of Mark. It's, it's manon pistuo, only faith, only trust. Faith alone, grace alone, that's your only hope. You've come to the place where you've admitted you don't have control. You're not, you don't have anything. In fact, the, all hope is lost because you've just been told that your child is dead. But remember, he's doing this just as he's healed this woman. So he looks over at Jairus. Jairus is like, oh, I've lost everything. He's ready to weep and mourn. And Jesus says, did you see what just happened? Did you see that? And if that's true, if that's who I am, if I'm the one who can, who can just by someone touching me, like bring restoration and healing and bring someone who's excluded and outside the community of faith and bring them in, if that's who I am, then isn't it possible for you to stop worrying 
and just trust me. Carrie says that um, after that moment where she was confronted by the therapist and told, you're not in control. She said it totally changed the way that she prayed. It, and it's not like she was a bad Christian. She was going to church. She was praying. She was doing her devotions. All those things that people do. Um, but she was consumed by fear all the time. Constantly distracted. Constantly because her little girl was about to die. But when the therapist said that, when the therapist said, you have no control here. This is it. She, she, she came to a place where she was like, well, I can't do anything. All I can do, all I can do, Jesus, is trust you. To trust that you have our best in your heart. That you want my little girl to live. And something they didn't they didn't stop the therapy, they didn't stop trying to but but at that moment, literally from that moment, there was an immediate change in her daughter's behavior, her thought. Because, she'll say, she stopped fearing and began believing. She stopped trying and she just trusted. Everybody here is battling something. Um, and for a lot of you moms on Mother's Day, um, there's, there's all these things that are going on in your minds. All these experiences that you've had over the past several years. All these accumulated fears and concerns. All these ways where you don't measure up and you know it. And if you're honest, it's distracting you. It's consuming you. When, when, when Carrie says when she had that turn, the reason she had that turn is because she could look back and see all the times that Jesus had been real in her life. She'd seen Jesus do amazing things in the lives of her people at church. She'd seen, and she said, she said if he can do that, if that's who Jesus is, then maybe I can trust him with my little girl too. And moms here Dads, here, maybe if you've been with us a while, you've seen amazing things. You've seen transformation. You've seen people healed, saved, just given new life in new different ways. If Jesus has been faithful in that, then maybe that same Jesus can be faithful for you where you are with your concerns, with your anxieties, with your fears. Just trust. Just trust. If, if, if Carrie were here right now, she'd say one thing, though. She would say this. I encourage you to trust. But when you're seeing someone next to you who's going through it, and you know they're terrified, and you know they're scared because they're sick, or their kids are in danger, or whatever, don't go up to them and be like, hey, don't worry about it. Jesus got this. Just chill. That is a very counterproductive way to deal with people who are going through suffering. However, you can sit with them, and you can share with them, and you can be quiet with them. And you can pray with them. And if you're somebody who's holding on to fear right now, find someone who will sit with you, who will be with you, who will pray with you, who won't tell you how to feel, who won't try to fix everything for you, who won't give you a, a five-point plan, but instead will just be with you as you travel through this time. And if you do that, if you come to that place where you say, I've got nothing left, 
then like Jairus, you might be willing to just trust and put it all on Jesus and take the biggest step of faith of your life and see where it takes you. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we come to you as people who worry, people who are trapped in so many ways by fear. And God, I pray over every mom here, every woman, every girl. Lord, you know the anxieties, you know the fears, you know the feelings of over, being overwhelmed, of worries about perception. You know all those things, God. And I just ask right now that any woman who's battling with those fears will just let go. We'll just recognize that we don't have the answers, that we can't do it, but God, you can. You who gave your son to come and heal and redeem, all we need is trust. Only trust. God, may we be people who are marked as the ones who just trust. And Holy Spirit, come in power and show us how you can change and transform us, how you can lead and guide us through these times. Lord Jesus, may, we, may your suffering, may your fear, may your anxiety be um, the, the example that we follow and live into. And God, we expect and pray for amazing things to happen as we just throw it all on you. Faith alone, grace alone, just trust. Jesus, in your name we pray, amen.